Hey, Trent. Do you think the Norwegians should be allowed to remake any more movies? Uh, no, actually, I didn't know it was Norwegian, because I could have sworn it was just a cheap Hollywood make. Um, and, like, it was supposed to be a prequel, but it somehow it's just a fucking remake, because they just rehash every idea they had. But, like, well, I don't even know where the fuck it started. Well, I mean, I guess that could be the review in a nutshell, but uh, welcome to another Raincast, folks, here at Robot Boom Boom Flip. Here at robotboombox.com. I edit that out. I probably won't. But anyway, we're talking about the Thing remake, unfortunately, because and unfortunately, they both have the same name, so you can't really differentiate between the bad thing and the good thing. And this really sounds like a fucking PSA about molestation. (laughs) Well, that's a little bit later. No, no, you can totally differentiate between the two, though, because you have the bad one and you have the good one. The new thing and the old thing. Um, anyway, uh, I'm Frank. And this is Trent. And so we got the bright idea to watch the original thing, and that's a great fucking movie, and we're going to be talking about it a lot yeah, here. Yeah, bought it on Blu-ray for like eight bucks, and that's fucking goodbye. Hell yeah, but then I had the brilliant idea, as I often do. Let's watch the uh, the prequel. Remake thing. Remake 2011 garbage bullshit version. And see how it stacks up, and oh boy, does it not! Well, originally we were gonna watch it and just make fun of it, but we we didn't even make fun of it. We just we're just angry the entire time. Yeah, I started off making a bunch of good Scott Pilgrim jokes because you know Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in this movie. She played Ramona Flowers, whatever. I was that's the only time. actor I recognize. And yeah. I don't even care that much. Well, I recognize that other dude from every bad horror movie ever. I. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. It, the half of the cast was just really rugged, lumberjack, bearded Norwegian dudes that just screamed Norwegian at each other. Yeah. And then the other half was like a stoner guy, Fiona Flowers and uh, Ramona Flowers, excuse me, and this that rich billionaire dude. That's it. That's it. That's the entire. That's the entire cast. Well, they had that one black guy, but he wasn't really child. He was just some dude. Yeah, and we can remember, I. Oh, yeah, and we had fake Kurt Russell. Oh, fake Kurt Russell. The voice was almost there, but he didn't he, he didn't look anything like him, and he ended up dying at the end. Well, let's talk about what this movie did right, since we're on the subject. I like that guy's character initially, even though it's just McCready. Yes, but it's just a rehash of McCready. But he seemed to do a competent job. Um, that guy was all right. Uh... I can't this think is, of anything is, else that this, this movie is, did This well. is a short list. Uh, at, at the end, where they kind of give you a fake-out credit, then they go, like, two seconds after that, they show you the, the helicopter. If you haven't watched the original thing... Do, do, go do it. Well, not not the original original, not the 40s one, the 50s. No, watch the 40s. The, the Carpenter. Well, you can watch that later. But the Carpenter's version is obviously the best fucking one ever. Yeah. So far. I hope they don't win. But his version, it just did so many things right. And this movie is supposed to, it's like a cheap imitation. It's like its like the thing absorbed it and didn't do a good job copying it. So if you haven't seen John, John Carpenter's The Thing, go and watch that and you know why we're going to be mad at this. And at the end of the, the remake seat prequel thing, uh, they show you what happens to, to most everyone. Except for one of the dudes that hides in the shed until a helicopter comes. And you might recognize the helicopter as the Norwegian helicopter that flies overhead and tries to shoot that fucking dog that somehow made it out. They never explained where that dark dog came from. But, uh, okay, so they set up the scene with the angry Norwegian guy, threatens to shoot the Norwegian pilot that's coming to rescue all of them because he has no fucking clue what's going on. And they go chase the dog, then you, you know that that guy kind of fucks up throwing a grenade somehow, and it falls behind him and it blows up the helicopter, and he gets shot. And uh, the scene works, and, the, and why I'm saying the scene works is because they're all speaking Norwegian, and you don't know what he's saying. But you can obviously tell he's yelling at the guy to open his mouth, to check for his feelings, because the thing can't, apparently can't imitate putting feelings into teeth, but it can imitate, it can like put teeth in hands. That's okay. Yeah, well, but it can't, put, it can't pick up metal pieces and put it 
in place. We'll get to that. That's later. But but there, there's no English in that part. And that part of the movie is so great because it perfectly replicates the feel of yeah. the opening of it's, the original thing. It's very short. It's it, it's very short. The dialogue you can't understand, but it's short because this guy is fucking nuts. He's yelling, and like the Norwegian pilot has no clue what the hell is going on. He saw the he saw he sees like a burnt body, and it's all like mutated and weird. And he he's like what? And the scene works because it's short, and it doesn't it doesn't have to explain everything. Yeah, that that was that the best lasts, paced scene in the entire the, movie. The scene lasts like five seconds, and it's the best one in the fucking movie. And of course, it's the the scene that is supposed to be closer to what Carpenter's thing was. Yeah. So if they if they would have straight copied the movie and just modernized it, it would have been better. Yeah, I mean, it would have been another pointless horror remake, but whatever, you know, it but, would have been better than what we got. That's that's all it did right because it it it, it imitates everything Carpenter's version did, but it just fucks it up in small ways, but. It, it's just a combination of all these small things. They're just. Let's go from the top here. First of all, and for people who haven't seen this movie, I'm going to delve into the plot briefly. So, oh, spoilers. You're, you're I guess. Out. Yeah, you're what? missing out on such a wonderful cinematic treat. But you have all these Norwegians are on the base. They find this thing in the ice uh, because the UFO crashes. Makes sense. Um, and they halt like. To haul it out, they need someone who's experienced with ice digging, and so for some reason they go to America and get Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, Kate Lloyd. And she's dissecting a dog, and they're talking about it. And the guy, it's the rich dude, he's like, just just come with me. And she's like, well, i got to know a little bit more information. He's like, you'll know when you get there. Or he, he doesn't tell her any information. Or For all she knows, this guy could not be a rich dude. <laughs> that's that's the first thing wrong with this. Like she has she has no information. She's like, yeah, sure, I'll take this like two month journey to go to Antarctica. Or else you know she's being invited to be chained up in this guy's basement. Oh god, there's like there's like two females and there's twenty men secluded in a base in Antarctica. I totally go there. Oh yeah, power. that sounds like an a, attractive young girl. That's, sounds sounds like a rainbow time. That sounds like a party. <laughs> it's not a it's not a party unless they speak Norwegian to you. Hopefully she enjoys naked lumberjack ass <laughs> and songs about their homeland. But and you know, she goes there and they exhume this thing from the ice. Apparently that's the only reason she's there for. She was some sort of veterinary paleontologist or something, but, but she's experienced in ice digging and uh, and does no ice digging. No, she, she does. Just, she does no ice digging. She watches it. Yeah, she says we can get this out in about three weeks, and you know you could say she's probably. Well, she says two days. Two she days, says whatever. two days, and it's like, uh, did you really need like an expert to come here and say that? Like, couldn't like, isn't there someone who's operating these heavy machinery to dig this shit out? Couldn't he be the expert and be like, oh yeah, just take a couple days? Okay, so. Skipping them past all the stupid shit. They get, get they get the guy out of the ice or the thing out of the ice, and they leave it. Everyone celebrates, but, gets drunk, the, plays the mandolin. But the weird thing is, the thing is already in a, like a half mutated form, like it was trying to copy something, but it's frozen in the ice. And if my what Antarctica has always been like a frozen, yeah, piece of shit, right? And it's a stat, like, we see the thing crash at the beginning of the 80s movie. So, it's not like it's been there for umptillion years. So, uh, either the thing's default form is some sort of cockroach monster. It kind of, it looked like a cockroach. It looks like one of the Zerg. Yeah, it kind of had the little tendrils, a little, uh, kind of like the the upgrade you can get for it that makes it attack faster. It just has two extra hands and a little little bony shit. It looks like that. It looks like a... (sighs) It's like if Resident Evil, like, wanted to make another cockroach monster, but they fucked it up and it looks like Berserk. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, either that's its default form, or it's just already pre-transformed, whatever, that's a minor infraction. But yeah. the, way the, the way the thing gets out of the ice is everyone's celebrating, and then we get a fake, uh, stupid jump scare. Yeah, and like, it... The movie already shows that the ice is starting to melt. 
And see, if they had left that alone, that could have been like a time bomb kind of thing. That if they didn't pay attention to it, it would have slowly melted, and at least a part of it would get away. But they show it as melting, and, <laughs> and they completely ignore that later. And it, the movie tries to do one of the Hollywood like half-ass like jump scare where some guy's like boom. Literally, he scares this dude. He's looking at this the, the thing in the eyes by going behind him and going like ha. And the of course the the orchestra has a stroke like a simultaneous stroke, <laughs> and they all hit the same note at the same time. It's like, Wee! and it's not even. But so many movies have done that, and they're all like teenage slasher movies, which is what this movie is. Yeah, at its heart, this new thing is a slasher film with a big booga booga monster that can look like people sometimes, and it does that sometimes, and it, that's about it. It doesn't. It does it like twice. Yeah, it does. It, Three times. Three times. Well, see, in the Carpenter's movie, it did that all the time, because that's how it got away with everything. Yeah. That's, that's... Okay, so the monster literally busts out of the eyes. And, like, Frank was, like, kind of laughing at it and kind of really pissed at it at the same time. Because it jumps up, and it doesn't, like, bust through the eyes then jump up. It jumps up through the eyes. It and at one like... jump, one fell swoop up into the ceiling and gets away. It looks I'm... like it gets a fucking spring jammed up its ass. <laughs> And, like, that's ignoring how ice, like, if the thing's frozen, well, I, I say the thing, but the weird rubber CGI prop monster thing, like, it jumps up, it completely ignoring the fact that, like, two seconds ago it was completely frozen, implying, like, the cells in his body weren't moving, and so it was stuck there, suspended animation, right? Like, that's how freezing shit works, like, deep freezing, like, Antarctic freezing, it, that completely ignores the fact that it's been stuck there a hundred thousand, a billion years, whatever. How long? It's fine. Been? It's perfectly fine. Ugh. Then, so it jumps up spring loaded. Like I'm pretty sure that they had a camera by the ice looking up. If I would have shot through the roof, then into the upper atmosphere, then jump back down. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> well, it jumps. It jumps up, but then like it doesn't. It just hangs out in the ceiling for a bit, I guess. Yeah, and. They go looking for the thing because oh god the thing's escaped. We gotta go. Well, no, the guy runs in there and he's and he's yelling at these Norwegians who are playing like their shitty folk music. And they're which all kind of sounded cool, but it it was sung by lumberjack <laughs> and in the Antarctic. And they were fucking didn't believe him at first, and then they're like, and the guy is constantly screaming at him. And of course the rich guy is like, oh my money got away, so. He goes looking, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's gone. And then the movie just... That, that, that is a good indicator on how the rest of the movie goes. Yeah. Right so, it eats some dude, and then... Isn't that the whole movie? Tries it's, to eat another dude, and they come across it. They light it on fire because they know to do that automatically, uh, I guess. Uh, there's, they had no indication to do otherwise. Well, they did try to shoot it. But it was gigantic, like horror abomination. Thing yeah, yeah I'd probably, I'd probably light it on fire too. But yeah, and, and then, then they do the whole exhuming its corpse scene, and and in the in the Carpenter movie, the the autopsy takes all of like five minutes. Well, not even five minutes, like two minutes. The autopsy is efficient. It's like, oh hey, look, it has perfectly formed organs in here. Well, like he looks at it. And, like, if you didn't see that it came out this weird dog thing, it would have just been organs out of a body. No, and no. That, that was the scary part about it. That yeah. was perfect human organs. Well, the human organs were in the, like, mutated human thing. Right. But, but, yeah, he finds perfect human organs in this fucked up monster mess. Well, then he comes to a conclusion that either that was the original human, somehow their organs are undamaged, or it just made perfect replicas of human organs. Which is kind of terrifying and starting to lead on to the bigger story, but we're not talking about that version of the movie yet. We're talking about this one, where they exhumed the cockroach, or the roach from StarCraft II. They exhume it, and then they open it up, and there's like a weird, like, there's white, white, kind of like, extra, like, there's covering. A, there's an egg sack in there with, like, a partially formed dude in there. Well, and see, like, and that really begs the question in the movie, 
was that uh, the copy of the guy, or was that the guy still being digested? And the people, the guys were, they automatically say, "Oh, it's being digested." Well, I, <sighs> I'd assume that it was digestion at that point because they don't know. Yeah, they don't. They don't know how the thing works. So. Or... They get. They find a little bone reattacher from when a guy broke his arm in there. That leads to the theory that it can't copy organic matter. Because... See, that's kind of a cool idea that they didn't really explore in the other movie because they won't brush their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Americans know what the fuck uh, fluoride is apparently. And then oh, the Norwegians are kind of normal dudes and they have fillers. Okay, so. Have like halfway through the movie, they start to do the tests and see who's the thing because they realize that's the thing. Well, we kind of skip the part where that one woman isn't the thing and she leads. Oh yeah, the stupid ass Ramona, whatever. The Lloyd. The thing tries to attack Ramona Flowers. But the thing is, like she she lures the main character into a secluded kind of like a rape closet, a clo- like a rape closet. Yeah, but she opens it up and she notices. That there's like pieces of shit from other people. There's like the, the I didn't even know what the fuck she was looking at. Yeah, it's, it's shit. Or fillings are shit. Anyway, um, so the woman is the thing right behind her. So instead of like, like biting her or like, like snapping her neck or like killing her, like the carpenter's thing would have done, it instead stands there, yells. Starts to come apart and become a gigantic, like, chess monster. Giving her enough time to, like, slam one of the shelves into her. Yeah, somehow Ramona Flowers has enough fucking time to run away. Which, I don't get. Like, Carpenter's thing would have, like... We've established it's efficient to kill it. Carpenter's version. Yeah. Not this one. Yeah. No. Okay, so she runs away and another dude gets eaten on the way there. And they burn, they burn that form of the thing. And... Then she decides, oh, this is the test. You gotta show your fillings in your mouth. Which one of the characters points out, this is a problem because I know how to floss my fucking teeth. Yeah. And some there's three or four people that don't have fillings in their teeth because they're not like they're they take good care of their teeth. And it's a stupid it's like a stupid I don't know what to say about it. Like, it's supposed to be the blood test from Carpenter's version, which built a lot of suspense. And it was terrifying when you find it, it, like, jumped out and, like, screeched at you somehow. It was fucking creepy. This version, it was, like, open up. And they're like, I don't want to open up my mouth. And then it's some, they have to be yelled at to open their mouth. And... Yeah, and that, we've also established... That test would have never been done in the John Carpenter movie because they've already seen that guy who had the heart defect, like, his stomach open up and chomp the other guy's hands. Yeah, it, it was established that it, it could have pointy shit anywhere on his body. So, if they were doing that in the John Carpenter movie, what would have happened is, well, the guys wouldn't have had fillings and his face would have opened up and eaten the other, like, the person with the flashlight's hands. Ah, uh, that would have been difficult. No. 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 This, this is a slow thing. Oh, this is a slow thing. And, like, the blood test lasts in the Carpenter's version for about five to ten minutes. But it's fucking suspenseful. Because they're all tied down, and one of the people tied down is the thing. And as soon as he's found out with the whole, kind of, like, the blood sample, like, jumping up, and it's fucking scary. Like, he starts, like, unlike coming fucking apart and becoming this weird monster. And he's yelling, and he's, like, uprooting the fucking bolted down thing but no the people that have clean teeth and i think one or two of them are the thing they stand in a corner or they don't stand in a corner they stand near two doorways and they kind of just stand there yeah until two people come in from outside that's the new suspicion and might i also add i think we forgot to talk about it but when they take off in the helicopter and the guy becomes the thing but it's they do a fake out except Oh. There's no basis for this fake out whatsoever. The guy who's shivering and shit, you think he's going to become the thing because, oh no, he, his plan isn't working, like, he can't get to non-infected land. Then, like, the dude across from him reassures him it's going to be okay. And then he turns into the thing. Why? It's... I don't know, it's... <sighs> the thing in this movie had no reason for turning into the thing and attacking people. Okay, Carpenter's version. The thing was trying every which way... To get off the fucking base. It didn't want to be there. 
Because I know it would have been filed out, and it does. It, yeah, it was trying to hide. It only turns into stuff when it's found out. Like the dogs found it out, it started eating them. Or it started eating them. It's found out in the blood test scene. It starts, you know, trying to eat people. It tries. It tries to get away yeah. every opportunity. But this one seems to actively seek out eating people. Which well, that's, because, that's because this one's a slasher villain, whereas the other one is a thing. But and every opportunity. Ah, the, you just remind me of that chopper scene where they're supposed to, like, it's like a whole bunch of Norwegian guys, like, protesting. Because this dude just got eaten alive, so they're protesting it, and they're going to leave. They're going to go, they're probably just going to go back to whatever, like, point was before they actually got on the helicopter. They're going to go back. So the thing had the opportunity to sit down, shut up. And get to the mainland where it could disappear. No. It actively fucks that up, crashes the helicopter, and stays at the base. But the whole. Then you find out the whole reason that it wants to get back to a spaceship. Well, the spaceship's been crashed from. It crashed from fucking space. I'm assuming it's some kind of like mechanical error, or the, the pilot had a goddamn stroke, or alien stroke, whatever. So the ship crashes, and it's stuck in the ice. So so far enough that it's like a like what half a mile of fucking ice above it. That takes a long time for that. Okay, so it wants to get back to the spaceship, and they already kind of like dug out some of the space station. And I just want to skip to the movie with so they get to the spaceship because I don't right, fucking yeah, care. Right. I don't even care. Here, let, let me give you the fast uh, version of the movie. It rips off three scenes from the earlier movie. Um, it doesn't even do them good. Oh, now I do want to talk about. When they're in the rec room, they're dragging this guy's body, and after he got caught in, in a flamethrower explosion, don't fucking ask. And he, some, for some reason, splits into the thing. And I don't know why he does that. He attacks a bunch of people, and he sucks up Rodouche into his thing. Oh, the cell, what is it, mitosis or symbiosis, whenever cells start to merge? When you're, what's that called? It, he just starts absorbing him. I don't yeah, it starts absorbing him, but we, we have established... In this movie, and the Carpenter version, that the thing has to, like, rip you apart and somehow, like, kind of digest you and it absorbs you quickly. But no, this one literally just laid on top of him and started to merge with him. Enough so that the guy was still an independent organism and, like, yelling, like, ah, and the monster was like, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, stuck together. And then he runs off. Like, Carpenter's version would have, like, ripped him apart and carried him and ran off. And you would have never seen him again. Yeah. And, no, but it, it half merges him, takes, like, an hour to do so, then runs off in front of everyone. And, of course, this is the part of the movie where uh, McGrady slash uh, Ramona Flowers has the flamethrower malfunction, which never, I think of the Carpenter version, but they, he, he used the flamethrower too much. And it was starting to lose fuel. And that made sense. In this version, she didn't... She fucked up the... I don't, I don't fucking care anymore. Well, no. In the other version, McCready drops the flamethrower. Oh, yeah, he drops it. In and this version, they don't really explain how the fuck... It just stops working, because it's fence. You have to have things malfunctioning. So, for some reason, the thing attacks fake McCready, uh when it's in the two-headed form, because it has to look like that to be the corpse for the next movie. You know, oh, yeah. the original movie. And I don't know why it would attack him like that, because we have established in the other movie, and in this one even, it adapts to be the yeah. most efficient well, like killing he wants, he, He's like hiding near a shelf, but he stands perfectly still, even when the monster kind of looks at him. But like, he has a knife, and we have established that even chopping the monster in half is a fucking bad idea because it comes two things that can murder you. Yeah, he axes one of the arms and has become an independent organism. And, the, and, in that, and, that, and it that becomes explains. two things and then comes back together. For some fucking reason. Because every other time the thing has like been chopped up or burnt up, it does not want to reform because that's a bad fucking idea. Because Carpenter's thing, it if you notice, if you watch Carpenter's the thing, it's like 1983 or whatever, whatever year that came out. The thing always had a contingency plan. It always like detached one of his body parts and hid it somewhere. It, for furthest away, you'll never find it. Just in case the main body gets destroyed, and it does like three or four times, but it always comes back because it has a contingency plan. It's smart. In this version, 
the two the two parts of the hand want to form back together for some fucking reason, even though it's shown that they can both crawl up walls and get away pretty fast. It, the the monster is not even the same fucking monster. No, it's superficially it's, similar, but doesn't really no, it, seem to act the same. It doesn't even like in the CG so bad. Yeah, we'll it's get to even, that. We'll get to that in a second. Like two, this movie's two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand. The CG the CG looks like two thousand five. It's bad. Let's let's go ahead and sew up the plot here. So uh, for some reason they go down on the spaceship on the ice. I don't know why. Mary. Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, she wants to stop the thing. Yeah, they want to stop the thing. I don't she, know. She fought, like, it starts activating, these vents open, she falls in, instead of being killed, is somehow inside the spaceship. I don't know, she's okay. You'd think the thing, uh, having the rational ability to, like, coming from a spacefaring culture that built this spaceship, assuming that, you know, it wasn't mimicking whatever built the spaceship, but still, it can pilot this shit, obviously. You would think that it would try and maybe, you know, communicate or something. No, it's just... It's no, a big it's rog- absorbed enough people to understand language perfectly. It's a big Rorga monster. But no, like, it doesn't even try to refer back to its normal form, which would have been stupid, but it would have been better than what happened because it stays in its, like, I'm a big hooga-booga, Silent Hill shitty monster. And it, it, it it's not even, like... it. The thing is supposed to be kind of Lovecraftian horror. It's supposed to be, like meshing like body parts and like multiple people and it's supposed to look creepy because you can't tell what part is which and it's foot it's fucking creepy but this one stays like that and not only does it stay like that it doesn't try to hide at all it doesn't it does it like once or twice and okay so she she ends up throwing a grenade in his mouth yeah and then fake mccready comes and burns it then then uh, she finds out McCready's actually, or fake McCready's actually the thing. Yeah, which doesn't make any fucking she's sense. She's your earring. It was in the other ear. It was in the other ear. You know, you people know. have multiple piercings, but fuck you. Yeah, it's not like both of his ears might have been pierced or something. But, and we've established that, you know, the thing can't mimic organic or inorganic tissue. But we never really see, I mean, we kind of hear something. We never really see that guy turn into a thing, though. So I like to think that she just lost it and killed a dude by burning him. <laughs> and, like, and see, trying to compare it with Carpenter's version, the thing would have been like, oh, fuck, she fucking knows. And would have ran off into the distance. Yeah. It would have tried to get away. Like, of all the times not to immediately discard your disguise and be alert. But, but if, if that dude was the thing, he just stood there and went, no, no, and caught on fire and died. Like, in, in this version, it would have been like, oh, no monster, blah, blah, blah. And it would have transformed and tried to kill her. And that would have been better. But no. It, well, we already had our big transformation fight. So. <laughs> one one for movie. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character goes off to this heretofore unknown Russian base. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole point of Carpenter's movie is the only base close to them was a Norwegian base. And that's destroyed, and they're like, oh, fuck, we're fucking alone up here in the Arctic. But no, apparently there's a Russian base that a little snow treader can actually make it to. Yeah, it's 50 miles away. Which completes the purpose of the Americans being stuck there, because they could have been like, oh, fuck, the Russians, help us. But see, like, Carpenter's version said during the Cold War. And if a bunch of Americans would have been freaking the fuck out and went to a Russian base... The Russians might see that as a as a sneaky little spy shit, and it might kill them, which would have been a lot better than them being hunted down one by one and absorbed by this gigantic monster fuck. But this one purposely kind of avoids in what time zone it set. It does. The only the only hint is the song that the main character listens to, which is uh uh. Uh, who could it be yeah, now? Yeah, who could it be now? A nice, a, a nice joke at the original short story title, Who Goes There, I guess. Yeah, Who Goes There. But she listens and to... Yeah, who could it be now? Who's the thing? It, it makes no sense in this context, but whatever. It's, it's, a shitty, it's a shitty reference. Okay, so she goes to the American base. She gets away. I'm assuming she, she lives. Yeah. And, okay, then, then it goes to that scene that the scene we like, the Norwegian fuck is, like, freaking out, and he's about to shoot the pilot because he doesn't know if he's the thing. And he, it, it, uh, then he goes chasing after the dog, and that starts then carpeting. Then we'll be over. Um, then, thank God. No, well, then there's that Norwegian guy talking. Yeah, and it's not subtitled. And it's not subtitled, and you don't see what he's talking about. 
So if he translates, he's probably like, I have seen the abyss and the abyss has yelled at me and transformed me. I, I like to think that what he said is, this is the director. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On behalf of all the wonderful people in Norway, I am sorry. Kurt Russell, I have insulted you dearly. Uh, Kurt but... Russell, where are thou? <laughs> okay, well, that that's where the movie ends. There's and I don't even know why the fuck we recap the story, because it's awful. It's not, even, it's not even worth talking about. It was the first movie... Except dumber, and, and that's in essence what this movie is. Oh, it was supposed to be a prequel, originally a prequel. And that sounded like a cool idea because I wanted to see how these Norwegian guys died. Apparently, they died almost exactly like the American dudes. Yeah, because the but the thing acted differently. It was yeah. Stupid. Anyway, because like and Carpenter, Car- I'm just. I would say this again, Carpenter's version is the best version. Because it doesn't have to tell you everything that fucking happens like this movie does. It has the Hollywood syndrome where you have to have a character stop stop the entire pacing of the movie and tell you everything. It's, it's like um, fucking, you know, Final Fantasy VII does that too. They'll have characters stop and explain fucking the plot to you. Exposition, it, the problem, expository dialogue, it's just, it's a new movie in all the wrong ways. You have expository dialogue, you have... Unnecessary soundtrack, which that was another thing. Good thing about the Carpenter film was the soundtrack knew when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, the the soundtrack played all of like three or four times, and it played at the most unnerving parts of the fucking movie. Whereas, but then shut up when it when it got really serious because you wanted to hear the sounds of like the monster, and it was fucking terrifying. But this one had the you know the orchestral stroke of then 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 it had like the soft theme for the character compassionate, but then it had a scary theme when the monsters like Hooga Booga and you, you, you can tell that all these new Hollywood movies had the same orchestra. It's just so bland, you can't fucking tell the difference. Well, what it is it's a way my, it's like my shitty writing my shitty directing is, and the shitty acting in this movie, is too poor to convey how the audience is supposed to feel, so let's cheat and try to get them to feel that way with music it's, and context. It's like cues. it's like when you look at a like a TV show that's filmed in the front of a live studio uh, audience, and they have people dedicated to holding up, say, applause, laugh, cry, and they're supposed to tell you how you feel. But if it, the material was good enough, you don't have to be told how to feel, right? Yeah, that's the whole point of a fucking story and a narrative, right? Yeah, so you don't have to. So you can feel shit on your own, so you don't have to be told, like, this is funny. Like, like Big Bang Theory, laugh track. Well, anything with a laugh track. Really. Uh, laugh tracks are really bad, but that's a different thing. Yeah. The, but, yeah, it's too much of a modern film. It, yeah, it's The only thing modern. that, surprisingly, even though I said I thought it did, the only thing, it surprisingly, it didn't have was, it had bad camera work. But it didn't have shaky cam, which I... Oh, it should have. It should have been, like, chasing her when she's, like, running. It should have been, like, uh, and, like... And, like, it should have been dark and gritty, and you could hear her breathing and panting. But, no, thankfully they spared us. Some of the angles were bad in it, but, uh, like, on the whole, the camera work is probably the best I've seen out of a new horror movie in ages. And that's sad that I can say that. That shows you the state of modern horror films. But it stayed on a nice steady. I can see uh, everything. Oh, yeah. Like I was saying, this was supposed to be a prequel. And it sounded cool. But then when we watched it, it's, it's, it's a remake. It's not even a prequel. It's a remake, but set before the... It establishes that Carpenter's movie happens. But all the shit happens before in the Norwegian camp. They do the exact same thing. Almost the exact same thing. There's, there's the same camera shots at times. Yeah. The same ideas with the flamethrowers. The same idea of a test, and everyone's getting a little paranoid, but that doesn't even play a part. And it, it's and almost the same characters, except for Childs. Childs was a fucking important character in the Carpenter's movie, because it made you doubt everything. Because there was one guy saying the main character... Maybe he's not trustworthy. You're like, Nobody oh. questions whether or not a oh, no. Mary Elizabeth Winston's the thing. Well, she's a pretty young girl. She's okay. <laughs> I don't... It's stupid. Like, and... Carpenter's version relied on paranoia. It relied on not showing the monster all the time. You know, want to know why? Because not knowing where the monster is was fucking terrifying. 
because it, it has demonstrated that it is smart enough to hide. And if it needs to be shown, it's human form. And most of the time, it doesn't do talking that much. Because, but it doesn't even have to do. It just blends. It becomes a side character that you, the viewer, do not even pay attention to because you don't fucking care. It's a side character. That adds a little bit to the movie. But see, that's and, and it, the movie knows that. Carpenter's version knows that. So when something happens, you're like, oh, fuck, I haven't really been noticing that guy, and he freaks the fuck out, and he's a monster. But this, this version of the movie, it's so telegraphed. It's, it's like there's no suspense. There's no, there's no themes of paranoia. The whole, the whole point of Carpenter's is you didn't know who was the thing. Yeah, every monster scare in this movie is, I can either go, that guy's totally the thing, or the thing's about to show up. And there's, there's no, the suspense is killed. It's it, like like you said, Frank. It's a modern movie in all the wrong ways because it has to tell you when something's going to happen, and it just it just runs through. Uh, what's what's the saying? You run through the. It's go. It just goes through the motions. It goes through the motions, and it and really honestly, you could kind of take that same screenplay, remove Antarctica, the thing, and it would apply to any other fucking horror movie. Yeah, it's and you can't do that for Carpenter's version. It wouldn't work. Well, mm, to be fair, you would have a uh, horror movie with very, like, you would have a very disturbing horror movie that ratcheted up the tension a lot. It'd be Halloween. <laughs> but that was still John Yeah, Harper, but see, but Halloween, thing. Halloween relied on two things. You don't see uh, Myers all the time. And he's terrifying when you see him. But the music... Scares yeah. the fuck out of you because it starts playing cues, but then it doesn't do anything. Yeah, we've established, uh, and that's just John Carpenter knowing how to do a horror. Oh, uh, fuck that! And that the the fucking Halloween music, the dun dun dun, yeah, that terrifies me today because I I am expecting for Michael Myers to come and not really bust through a wall like the new remake and be like. Stabbing through walls and but just like walking or, silently, silently, or standing in the corner and just watching you. Because that's what he fucking does. It's it's suspense versus jump scares. I think is what we're talking about. I hate here. jumps. Jump scares are not scares. John Carpenter's The Thing is a very suspenseful movie. Ah, and the new, this new thing is a very jump scare movie. Oh, and the thing Carpenter's version does it's thirty years fucking older than this movie. But it has better effects. effects. All the effects are done with real with real character sets. Yes, and it's all pr- they're all practical effects. Uh, and fuck, the practical effects are terrifying because like the dude is on the autopsy table after chomping that guy's hands off. He's trying to resuscitate him with the shock pads. Chops his hands off and his like head is hanging over the table and it starts to come apart. And like you could hear the tearing and it was good and the sound quality was good. And this one you had to rely on it being. And actually, you watching it is like popping out of his belly, and it's like it, it, it didn't. And the CG, if the CG was perfect, then it would have been kind of okay. But it wasn't. It was. It was like early Xbox render. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it that bad. I'd say the CG in this movie was. On I mean, more, Xbox Three Sixty. Yeah. yeah early X, like an early launch title for three, like. Updated Halo 3 graphics. It was on par with crappy CG in a movie. It, and like, and if it didn't have Carpenter's, you know, or if it didn't have the thing as the title, it it would have looked like it would it would have been like My Bloody Valentine or some other other like shitty like slasher fit. It like, but it had a legacy behind it. It had. A movie that was so fucking good that I I care to watch it today, and it still holds up to movies today. You had that force behind it. You had the title. You had the characters, the setting. You had the the signature monster, and you fucked it up. They they fucked it up. And that brings me to another point. This movie, with in the the original eighties thing, we know who the characters are. We have Childs, the creepy, oh, yeah. fucking. <laughs> oh, McCree, you, know, you you had um. Ah, fuck. The doctor's name. But see, we're going to embarrass ourselves here because we're forgetting names. And but those are all support characters. The but side characters. you say, you re- I say, you remember the doctor from the, from the thing, and you're like, oh yeah, that guy, you know, he went nuts, he shot uh, all the shit, and like started going insane, later ended up being the thing, whatever. 
I say, do you remember the doctor in this new thing? You're like, which bearded Norwegian guy are you talking <laughs> you know, about? They're all bearded Norwegian. Like, I'm surprised that the women didn't wear bearded, too, because that would have made it better. I know there's Kate Lloyd, who's Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. That's it. That's, that's it. all. That's I the only name I remember. And this is this this guy she kind of likes. You never you hear his name like once. The rich the rich billionaire dude. You hear his name once. But like the other people, I'm I'm sure in in Norwegian they say their names. There's no stuff out. Yeah. You can't tell what they're saying. And most of the time they're just yelling orders at them and they're translating because a couple of the Norwegian guys know English, and that, that and that's okay. I'm okay with having. People that don't speak English and no, no subtitles because that kind of that kind of that's that's the suspense that the first the the Carpenter movie had because the Carpenter movie the Norwegian come on the helicopter he's fucking he's out of his mind he's yelling get away from the dog the dog is not what it seems everyone's dead get away from the fucking dog and the the, the Americans don't understand him because none of them speak a lick of Norwegian and you know what let me get on another point here for a second we know. Fake, like, we know why there's three Americans at the Norwegian camp. Yeah. We, why are there three Americans at the, I mean, we know it's, one is fake McCready, and he's basically an XB of McCready. He's, actually, there's that other chick. She's Norwegian. Oh, she's Norwegian. She's Norwegian. Yeah. Then there's Bro Douche Man, who's apparently an accessory to Rich Guy. And then there's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is so obviously supposed to be the audience avatar in this movie. Uh, like, painfully obvious. Like, she's the character who doesn't know any, everything and has to find everything out. And she's an American, and you can relate to her because she's a young girl, and she's not Norwegian. She's, she's a speak. young girl who don't need no carpenter. She, she doesn't speak the Gerpa Derpa Derp language. Yeah, fuck those folks. And she's American. It's, it's just and their base. I'm like, great, fuck. great job to telegraph fucking who the audience is supposed to identify with here. Like... Yeah. Contrast with McCready, the uh, R.J. McCready, the main character of the other movie, drunk, uh, kind of not really all that likable. People trust him because he kinda. seems to have a level head on his shoulders, ish. And he's the one with the flamethrower. Right? And he's the one with the flamethrower. And but he, even then, you can tell he kind of starts going nuts by the end. Oh, of the no, movie. he starts to lose it definitely because it's coming to the point where. The helicopter, and all of his escapes are destroyed. The helicopter, the snowmobiles, there's no working. They're, they're not working anymore because the, the thing took all the fucking parts. The power is running out because he just blew up the generator. The reserve power is only going to last a few hours. And at the end, he has to blow up the reserve, the, the underground like reserve warehouse they have for the, the fuel, the fire, the, probably the spare parts for everything that he could fix. And he has to blow it up. To kill the thing, and he's fucked, and he knows it. Yeah. But, like, you, and it's another thing with modern movies. You don't need a character that the audience automatically identifies with. It's fine to not have that, you know, assuming that you're competent in other fashions. Like, a bad movie's going to be a bad movie either way, but you don't have to have some sort of audience avatar. Someone to get exposition screamed at them. You can, And, and you don't have to have a character... That you can see from the beginning, and you're going to assume they live. Yes. And if they don't live, you're going to be upset. Like, like Max' character? Well, we don't. I don't even want to start talking about the extended canon for this fucking movie. But at the end of the movie, he's out. They're out of fuel because they blew it up. They're out of food. He's freezing to death. He only has a little bit of alcohol left, and Child is still alive, and he doesn't even know if Child's the fucking like thing monster. Yes. So. He's fucked. You know he's going to die. He's going to freeze to death, and it's going to be a slow, painful death. And it, it despite everything he does, all the precautions, it doesn't matter because he blew up the monster. But he sacrificed everything to do it, and that meant something, you know. Yeah. Kate Lloyd gets away in a snowmobile. Oh, in a nice, in a nice, comfy yellow snowmobile. Off to. Up to the Russian base. Star, star in the sequel to this movie that is oh, not no, going fuck, to happen. Fuck you. It's not there, that's happen. not. I, I hope not. Jesus. And you know why? Hollywood gonna, has no creativity anymore. It needs. It needs. It needs remakes and sequels, or everything. The popular thing right now seems to be comic books. Remakes, sequels, and adaptations. Okay, because you know they're going to come out with a Walking Dead movie. It's going to be a Walking Dead movie. You already have a Punisher, Daredevil, Superman, Batman. All all Marvel's been covered. Did you fucking, see how fast fucking World War Z got announced? 
Oh, that after... game's not even out yet. Oh, and like World War Z managed to pull all of its content off the website for like a week, and people are like, oh, "Hey, maybe this is actually kind of a scam." And it's it's not. It actually turns out not a scam. It's just a shitty, just a shitty ripoff. That's a whole other story. If you haven't played Daisy or Arma 2, you'll find no fucking clue what we're talking about. It's a zombie mod, but it, it the game really. It, it was really popular, and then some other <coughs> like dumb fucks were like, Excuse me. "Oh hey, we can capitalize on this. World War Z. Let's have more combat and freaking." But but everything has to be a sequel or adaptation because you fucking have Tom Cruise and the Jack Reacher, which I, I bet I bet Reacher the comics that isn't Tom Cruise is probably kind of like the Punisher. That is a guy looking for vengeance. It doesn't matter how Don't far. talk to me about the Punisher after last week. Yeah, the Punisher. But, like, he's the kind of guy that takes justice in his own hands. It doesn't, help. It doesn't matter how far you get away because he reaches this, the whole Reacher, the, the naming. But it's Tom Cruise. And you know it's going to be Tom Cruise being a jerk-off like he is in every fucking movie. Every fucking movie he's a jerk-off. And it's going to be just like um, that... The night movie, Black Day Day and Night. Night and Day. Night and Day, and his name's Night, and he's like, I'm Tom Cruise, I'm going to action star you. And... The problem <sighs> with modern Hollywood is it's McDonald's syndrome. Everyone wants the same thing. They just want the same crap regurgitated it's, in their mouth. It's the same way video games are starting to get streamlined. And when people say streamlined or modernized, they mean make the controls the same. Make the menus all the same. But now we're starting to get into the content being the same. Like the thing, the stories you expect, the stories you've seen a billion times. And it's, I don't know. It seems like you, it seems like you can't go as a writer. You can't write something original and be like, here, I want to make a new series out of this. I think people would appreciate the new breath, you know, fresh breath of air. And they'll be like, no, let's make a sequel off something. And it's, and sequels that are done without the main the main body the main movie leaving it open for interpretation or having more content written for it beforehand sequels are going to feel like a shitty add-on to it and it doesn't even have to be good because people will go see it yeah people will go see a fucking sequel to a movie but and it doesn't even have to be good because you know what to expect. Thankfully, uh, apparently, the latest Resident Evil film did badly, which... Good. I Hopefully... Have to, I have to yell about it another time. They, they have to put that dog down. They have to put that undead dog down. That's it's, not going to happen. No. They're um, going to make another one. But can you they, think of... They have fucked up so bad. i, I got to go on about the Resident Evil movie. They, they have fucked up. Like, and, like, the games are starting to fuck up now. Because 5 was like, okay, 5 was a little bit more action-orientated. And, you know, it's fun co-op. Me, me and my fr- fiancé, Rebecca, here, we, we have played Resident Evil 5 obsessively. And it is fun to play co-op, isn't it? Yeah, it's fun to play. But then, like, 6 comes out. And 6 is, like, kind of, like, hoping that people like us would play it in co-op. And, like, some, like Chris's campaign is all rehashed. It's just different, like, kind of settings. But still that cool go Gameplay. Leon's campaign is cool because it makes references to Resident Evil 2 and it has that feel of like, I'm running out of ammo. I can't kill everything on the screen. But even that seems kind of rehashed. And they, they, I don't know. Just games are starting to become like Hollywood movies and it's just not fucking good. Well, I mean, until this shit stops making money, I guess. Hey, it's people. Uh, next time you see a crap remake of something come out, don't see it. Let, let us let us fat nerd talk about it for like a billion hours. Like how long has this been? Let us talk about it, and then you can get your own opinions from us. Yeah, you like see, you should. Our opinions are better than <laughs> like we're not paid, so we can say yeah, whatever. But no, what, what I'm seriously <laughs> saying here is like people need to hold their movies up to higher standards. They yeah. need to stop accepting garbage. But like if you look now, it's like people are starting to remake good movies. Like, movies that they can rely on for, like, the material, and they know that 
the original movie was fucking fantastic. And you know what? The thing is, I'm we're dogging on remakes like crazy here. Yeah. I do have to say there are some come out, that come out, that especially now that we're in the era of '80s action movies, that are better than the originals. Apparently, yeah, Dread right. was way fucking better uh, than Judge Dredd. I am. Ugh. <laughs> And he still says that, but apparently that was a way. But I haven't no, seen he says, it yet. He says, it, he says, "I am the law," and he says it dignified, dignified, like he's a fucking judge that's about to murder everyone, and he does. And I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately, but I have heard that it is much. The more... Total Recall movie actually looks competent, and not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh, they remade to- Total Recall, guys." Well, that movie sucks. Total Recall was kind of shitty. I mean, it's a fun movie. Don't oh, get me wrong, they, but it's they, fucking terrible. They think I was over there, but I was like, I'm over here. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get... See oh, you at the party. No. Oh, See you at the party, Richter. Richter. Oh my god, no. Oh, and they remade that, and it looks competent, like it a good looks, sci-fi. It looks and, like Blade Runner. It takes oh, a lot of cues from Blade oh, Runner. Oh, and if you want to talk about prequels, you can talk about Prometheus for another fucking hour. That could be its own fucking podcast. I don't want to talk about for <laughs> Prometheus. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to mumble about it. Fuck. No, Prometheus managed to like try to add canon onto Aliens. And it was shit. Stupid shit. Like, it wasn't even needed. And that was a movie that was made by its creator. Oh, no. And, like, Ridley's like if some Norwegian fuck, like, remaking it, and, like, Carpenter's not doing it, you could kind of excuse it for not being Carpenter. But this one's made by the guy, the dude, the director. The Ridley's dude had Scott. a vision for it. Ridley's right? You fucking idiot. Oh, and, like, and talking about remakes that are better... Carpenter's is a fucking remake. And yeah. it turns out to be fucking better than the original because he actually tried to do something a little bit different with it. Well, he didn't do it. He did it closer to the source material. It's a remake and an adaptation. Right, right. And see, like, even that Which starts kind, kind of shady. It, it kind of makes us stick our foot in our mouths a little bit until you I realize... I would say for that, that is a good example. That like, is what a good do. example. Like, you do. take it, you know... It, it, I think the problem is... Like, people do, like, writers do remakes or sequels, and they don't read the source material. Or they don't fucking get it. Right? Yeah. Because people, these people did not get the thing. Carpenter's thing. They didn't get it. They watched it, and they're like, that monster's kind of scary. I kind of wish it was more like a modern movie. And, like, I would have accepted a modernization where they kind of updated everything. And it, it seemed like well, not a movie from the 80s. But and, and watching watching Carpenter's... It seemed okay now. Just the camera work and like the colors are a little bit saturated because it's from the eighties, but that's 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 fucking fine. It seemed like a good movie. Like if it came out, I'd go see it in theaters. Like and this one needed, it felt the need to be so modern that it would fit the template of what's popular right now. It needed it needed to, or it wouldn't have been made. Yeah, it hammered itself into. A, slide, a regular old slicer movie. It's, that's all it is. It's the the term is cookie cutter, and but it somehow fit everything from the thing into the cookie cutter, and we're sitting here and looking at it, and it doesn't work because Carpenter's he tr- he went in a different direction. He tried to build more on the paranoia. He tried to try to give you a sense of you're starting to be a little paranoid. You can't tell who's who, but this one. This one ignores all that, and like the excess stuff that it couldn't cookie cut, it just cuts. It just gets rid of it. Doesn't even try to put it in. It just get. It just gets rid of it. I think that uh, ultimately, we're confusing a movie that was made by a director who had only worked on independent films up to this point. This was his first major studio production. He only worked on indie films. He new good filmmaking techniques he had like and it, his heart was in it versus a cash grab cash grab because like, and the thing is it could have been written it could have been directed by any other person in modern directors it could have been fucking Spielberg for all I care and it would have been the same fucking thing that Spielberg always does and like but if you go back and you start to look at other directors you realize there's certain distinctive traits that they put in their movies there's certain feels that they put in the movie, and you could be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a Carpenter movie, because it's good, and it's suspenseful. But, like, this one could have been made by anyone. Yeah, uh, 
anyone. Like in the like I said in the orchestral track. Yeah, that could have been. Yeah, maybe not that like, could have been produced by anyone. Not a big name like Spielberg. Um, Sp- Spielberg is he's starting to become good. Yeah. He is becoming amazing. Well, I, he doesn't make much anymore. But no. Or James Cameron. Oh, oh no, James no. Cameron, yeah. Like we already seen Dancing with the Wolves, and you had to come out with the Blue Smurf Fucking edition. Space and is. people are hailing that, and he, and, he, and he claims he wrote that for twenty five years. Either twenty one or twenty five years, he had had the idea for Avatar. <laughs> Uh, like it did it take him 25 years to watch Dancing with the Wolves because that's well he was waiting for the technology to catch up oh so it, it seemed like thing. a big tech demo but he could at least have put a little bit of effort and make the story good tech demo. it was a tech demo and it was a pretty good tech demo until you realize like what the fuck am I watching and they have sex by connecting their hairbrains their USB ports together oh, their USB ports to the tree to have that crazy Crazy high-speed USB 3.0 sex. Yeah, but if you had told me this movie was made by, like... I mean, the this, thing is, like, I can't come up with named directors because it was just a no-name director movie. Like, the only one I can think of, just because it's on the top of my skull from the Terminator Salvation movie, if you had told me this movie was made by McG, I'd be like, yeah, I can, I can see that. And, and like, and it is bad when I'm trying to think of directors' names, and it doesn't fucking matter. It could be anyone. I could put my own fucking name in there, and it doesn't matter because it's all the same fucking shit now. And it, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are still there's still directors who have their own competency and they have their own signatures. Yeah, jo- like Joss Whedon coming to mind. Yeah, Kevin Smith for what the hell why not? Um, <laughs> I would say before fucking Sucker Punch came out. Uh, and he, you know, he, I have blank on, I have blank on his name. And we gave him so much shit like two years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she Rebecca has a copy of Sucker Punch. She likes Sucker Punch. I'm sorry. But we, we try not to talk about Sucker Punch. Because that movie could have been uh, and we talked about and, and if you guys on the site have like watched or have heard the other the other podcasts that we made twenty billion years ago. Where we bitched about it. That so we bitched hard. about it for like two hours straight. Uh, you would have realized that most that most of our complaints were kind of the same. That it if it didn't stick to like a cookie cutter kind of attitude, and it could have been really cool. You could have had cool scenes and cool ideas. Yeah. And he's still looking for it. How smart was that thing actually landed to Earth? Is it supposed to be like smarter oh, than no. else on Earth? Well, Rebecca's trying to say no. The alien ship crashed. We have established that it crashed, yes. and the alien ah. was, was injected but, from but the crash. It took me this long to notice that they were alphabetized. Yeah, it's alphabetized. No, who, who directed it? Zack Snyder. That's the name Wait, of it. Wait, Snyder? Zack Snyder. Wait, isn't that Sin City, dude? Yeah, he did. Like, how you Sin City 300, Watchmen, and the new Superman movie. He's done oh, good stuff. No, remember remember what we said? Really? The problem, yeah, the problem was he did his own writing on Sucker Punch. It fell apart. But that guy has distinctive style. That guy has visual flair. That, he's a very visual director. Oh yeah, he, it's it's like it's like he actually is a fan of fucking comic books. You know when he's made a movie for better or for worse. He, you can tell. Like of all the shit we get, Sucker Punch. You could tell it was Snyder because it's the fucking like the the slow motion, uh, the, the slow motion, the, the panning, the horrible dialogue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sin City had horrible monologues. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be kind of pulpy detective, but it had it was really funny. Was it? In its original form, right? So it's then, no, and that's and that's the, the, the thing, thing we were talking about. Like the the alien ship crashed, somehow got leveled. The the alien was ejected, right? Or he tried to crawl out. Yeah. It was just there. But uh, the thing is, it was already in a mutated form. That would imply that it would try to either organ. Might have been mutated from another. And, and, but see, it doesn't make sense because it was it was piloting that thing because he gets in the ship in this movie and try and he tries to get it out. Yeah, and he's about to. Well, I think the reason why in the uh, plane he's trying to take off, he's being all calm about it. He slowly realizes that he is actually being discovered, so he's just got more feelings and just destroy everybody. I don't, and like there could have been a. Different ways, like I'm. I'm assuming that's what it felt like. That was his alpha form that it wanted. That's how. That's how it was efficient at killing people. But it, it didn't. It didn't kill it. It killed like two people. Yeah, like twenty. Yeah. But it like, just the the whole movie. If you stop and think about it, it's fucking retarded. 
and just what? It's it bad. It is. It is. Oh wait. Is it supposed to learn it a little bit? Yeah, it's supposed to learn, but like. So it's supposed to be a little bit stupider in this movie. Yeah, it actually yeah, seems it stupider in this movie, which I found a little appropriate. But, but not then, to the, level but then the the dog runs yeah. for about a half, an hour or half an hour yeah. to the American base, and that's that's the start of the movie. Yeah. And that and the Carpenter's movie takes about one well, like a week. Yeah. All this shit happens. So it didn't, it didn't, well, it didn't. At least in scenes like the old movie, it learned not to just, like, yell as a Yeah, man right. It learned, it learned to shut the fuck up. Yeah. It learned to it just, just it learned more. to be, it learned to be the character as the uninteresting side character. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're kind of rehashing our points here. I know, but this we, really we, we've so reached fun. our hour, and I'm trying to keep us to a time limit here. Uh, and I think we've said all that we're going to say about this thing. Uh, final thoughts? Final thoughts is, if you watch Carpenter's version, if you watch this movie, you will know what we're talking about. You would, you would, you would probably feel the same way if you like that movie. <laughs> this, um, this is the same regurgitated bowls of wood crap that Hollywood's been feeding us, just sprinkled with a nice thing coating. Those are that's my it's, thoughts on it. And it's supposed to, like a, it's like a coating of nostalgia that doesn't work because it doesn't do it right. I give it no stars, and may God have mercy <laughs> on his soul. Everyone in the room is now dumber for watching you. Uh, <laughs> I give you zero out of ten things. No, really, as a movie, I give it like a three out of ten because it, it was it was kind of interesting, but not really. It's a movie. It's a it's, it, and and mediocrity is worse than being bad. <laughs> mediocrity implies that it's not even like charming in a bad way. It's, it's just milk toast. it's just like it could have just this could have been any other movie. So bland. So bland, so we're gonna cut it here. Yeah, this has been another Randcast. I'm Frank. I'm Trent. And uh, we're gonna go blow our brains out. Yeah, go.